0: But you would have to say 20 positive things, some studies say 20, some say five, and then if you said one negative, that negative is going to outweigh all the other positive things you just said.
1: This week, what does a good marriage look like? How would you measure it? How can you get there? Dr. Karen Sherman offers answers. Stay tuned. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you had a great holiday season and are ready to make this year the best yet for your marriage. And we want to help. Visit hitchmag.com, click the newsletter link, subscribe for free, and we will deliver fresh information to your inbox every week. It's the simplest way to get your resolution to improve your marriage off on the right track. Again, visit hitchmag.com and click the newsletter link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the fabulous, by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Steve. That's so nice of you. Hi.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, She is the author of several books. Uh, She has a new program out called Pillars for Partnership. It is a set of audio and video tools produced by Karen, which can be found on her website drkarensherman.com. And today we are going to talk about uh, how you can focus on happiness. Uh, and I bring this up because a new study come out, has come out that talks about how happy couples get the health benefits of being married, whereas couples in what they can called uh, ambivalent marriages, uh, and they kind of define that as There was no fear at all of divorce. Um, They might even describe themselves as being in a happy marriage. But when push come to shove and they were answering questions, they did talk about how their spouse was uh, overly negative toward them in a lot of instances or they just weren't supportive of them and they didn't feel validated. Uh, And so what they did was um, they followed these uh, couples for a day. Uh, I think there were like 94 of them, and they hooked them up to heart rate monitors uh, that they had attached to them the whole time, and they, they would check their blood pressure um, – I guess I not heart rate monitors, blood pressure monitors. So they checked their blood pressure every hour, and long story short, those couples who reported to be in ambivalent marriages had much higher blood pressure than those couples who reported themselves to be in happy marriages. And so – I thought we could talk about how you can achieve that happiness because the great thing, and this is one of the things that the lead author of the study talked about, was that this is something that you can fix. This is not, uh, you know, like I don't know. This is something that you have the power to control, which is mm-hmm. great news. And so let's just focus on that. So um, we, you know, Karen, we were talking off air. This is just adding lumber to the fire of a lot of other research that has talked about. The benefits of a happy marriage. It's not enough just to be married, but it's really, you have to be in a happy marriage to get all these uh, benefits that come with it. And you can talk about health, um, like physical, literal health. You can talk about finances. You can talk about living longer. You can talk about all sorts of things that come with a happy marriage. And I wanted to talk to you and ask, I guess, what is... In your experience and the couples that come through your practice, what would you say is one of the leading causes of unhappiness in marriage that you regularly see?
0: I think that when couples walk in, what most of them will say to me is, we have trouble with communicating. We don't, you know, we just don't communicate well. And it doesn't take very long to dig a little bit beneath that. And what we really hear more of after that is that they just don't feel that they matter. To their partner, um, either they don't feel cared about enough, or they don't feel that they're good enough. You know that somehow um, they're they're not coming across as adequately enough. Um, and so, you know, I read the article, of course, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not surprised by what I read in there. The research I read, and it's interesting. Because as we continue to talk today, I will give you a heads up and tell you that when I am doing writing or when I offer the programs that I offer, um, to me, um, the thing that I will tell people is that of all the different tools I have, and I have a lot of them, Mm -hmm. but of all the different tools I have, I think that the most important tool I have is learning to validate your mate. Hmm. Um, and so, um, I think that, you know, that's the thing that's going to really help your mate feel like they do matter, that they are, um, doing things that are meaningful and, uh, that that's the thing that can really change things around.
1: Okay. And I'm really glad you pointed that out because that was, Explicitly mentioned in the study and in this article about couples who didn't feel validated uh, were considered one of these ambivalent couples. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that you have a lot of tools in your toolbox. Uh, Can you perhaps share one or two of those to help couples learn how to validate
0: their spouse? Okay. So basically, let's talk about what validation is. Okay. Okay. Because if you don't understand, it's going to be hard to do. So if if I'm Teaching a class, let's say, I'll hold up a textbook and I'll say to them, "Okay, as I hold this textbook up, you're all looking at the front of the textbook, but as I'm holding it up with the front facing you, I'm looking at the back of you know what What am I looking at?" And they all say, "The back." Mm-hmm. And I say, "Okay, that's what validation is—that you know that even though you're not seeing the back of the book, you can acknowledge that I am seeing the back of the book." You don't have to see it. You don't have to even agree with it, but you have to at least acknowledge it because you see in a couple, when I'm having emotions, when I'm having reactions, when I'm having, you know, whatever responses I'm having and I come to you as my partner, the person I trust, the person I want to share my life with, and you dismiss me or you poo-poo me, or you say, you know, um, it's not such a big deal, or you try to problem solve it for me, I don't feel validated. I don't feel acknowledged. But if you can say, you know, something like, wow, you know, I didn't see it that way, but I can understand why it upsets you. Now I feel like, wow, this person really gets me. This person hears me. And now I feel like, okay, my feelings matter. I'm being heard. I'm being cared about. And now my couples wouldn't come in and say, we don't communicate. Mm. So validation is basically seeing the world from your partner's perspective, walking in their shoes. I'm trying to use different ways <laughs> of saying it. All do, yeah. Okay. But the main point is, and this is where a lot of people get stuck. You do not have to agree with it. You do not have to have experienced it the same way. You merely have to understand that your partner has experienced it in whatever way they have and let them know that you get it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great – I love the uh, the holding up the book because one of the things that I like about that is – You're both looking at the same thing. Your class and you are looking at the exact same thing, but from your own perspectives. Exactly. And and I guess that, you know, we I think we talked about it in a recent podcast about wanting to be right or trying to prove about being right. And it doesn't matter about right and wrong, because when you're talking about validation, that is their truth. That's right. That's Um, right. So yeah, they. I mean, they might eat, they might see something, but if you know, I when when you're talking about, it, I almost think about um wine a little bit, where in wine you could give somebody a fifty dollar bottle of wine, and one person could talk about how it's the the most amazing thing they've ever ha- tasted, and then another person be like, ugh, that's gross.
0: Right. Right.
1: It's, it's the same wine. It's just a different perspective. And um, again, you're talking about validating that perspective. It's Mm -hmm. just acknowledging that, you know, they don't like it. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with it. It's just they don't like it and this person does.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, but generally when people are upset and -hmm. they're coming to their mate and their mate doesn't validate them, doesn't acknowledge them, then I'm left with all these emotions Mm -hmm. that really make me feel very yucky and like, you know, I put it out there And you don't respond in a way that makes me feel like you heard me. The end result is I feel like you don't care about me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you acknowledge the emotions, then first of all, I feel cared about. And the second thing is then the emotions will calm down. And at that point, then you can say, you know, do you want to talk about how we could, you know some ideas to work on this and I'm saying that more specifically to the men who are listening because men are built biologically to be problem solvers and so they want to sort of roll up their sleeves and get in there and fix it and that's the last thing women want um, at least initially, you know, she just wants, you know, she says, I just want him to hear me. Yeah. I just, you know, I just want to know that you're there for me. Well, that's what she means, you know, just say, wow, you know, and, and that's all you have to do. You know, when I'm teaching again, a lot of times I'll, I'll kid around with the guys in the class and I'll say, okay, here's all you have to do. You ready? Just go, mm. you know, and that's it, which I mean, of course I'm, I'm being silly. But that's a hell of a lot better than, okay, so here's what you do. Da, 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 you know, yeah. first step, second step, you know, just so that I feel like you heard me. So that's what validation is.
1: Yeah. Uh, th- there's a, uh, Chris Rock did an entire skit on this exact point.
0: Is that right? I oh, yeah. Know- yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Chris Rock does this whole skit about, uh, the wife coming home all upset from work, and he just talks about how, "Yep, I told you, I told you she's crazy," and just just reiterating essentially exactly what the wife is already telling him. Yeah, yeah. And and he's like, "That's it. That's all you need to do." Yeah. Um. So okay, so let's move on a little bit here. Uh, one of the things that was pointed out in the study is that the ambivalent couples didn't. Well, I we actually covered that. So. I want to move on to the negativity that comes Mm -hmm. from outside forces. Mm. So I I was actually – before we got on this morning, I was looking at some of our analytics on Hitched and somebody was looking up uh, how their in-laws are ruining their marriage. Mm. And So I thought that might be a good uh, example we could use here. Uh, So how can you protect your marriage to prevent that outside negativity from seeping in?
0: Well, you know, you can't control anything outside yourself. You can only control your reactions. So again, we can use validation. Now, when it gets to in-laws, that gets sticky Mm -hmm. because if, let's say, the wife is upset with the in-laws, if she's going to get upset, then the husband's going to feel like, you know, those are my parents you're talking about, Mm -hmm. Um, but she wants to be heard also. So it's got to be something like where she's got to validate him and say, look, I know that these are your parents and I know obviously we're going to have a different perspective on it, you know, but when such and such happens, it really bothers me. And it would be really helpful if he would say, you know, yeah, I get it. I get that this is troublesome to you. But please understand that it's it's hard for me. I'm in a different place than you are. I'm their child or they're my parents. So notice they're both validating each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you may people who are listening may say, yeah, right. That can really happen. But I yeah. want to tell you something that can really happen. Um, I've been working with a couple who came in here and that was the major problem was the in-laws and she didn't even want to come into therapy at first or marriage counseling at first. She was absolutely dead set against it and what I did is I validated her up, down, left, and right until she finally felt safe with me Mm -hmm. and then little by little, little by little, (laughs) she has really come around. She's understood and things are really changing. So I promise you, this is really, if I have nothing else to offer, validation is an amazing tool.
1: Okay. I think that's a great, (laughs) no, no, I, no, I, I totally think that is an, an an amazing point to drive home because you're right. I think half of the time and, and I I don't know if it's getting worse or not because of technology and how people just feel disconnected as it is. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it in the past about the spouse coming home with their face looking at their smartphone as they walk Mm -hmm. through the door and ignoring somebody. And, you know, first just having that like face-to-face acknowledgement and then going that extra step and validating feelings and everything else. I mean Mm -hmm. it is a really great point to drive home. And, And you're right. With the with that outside sources uh, influences on the marriage, um, if you can't validate your spouse's feeling, there's no way that you're going to be able to stop those outside forces. Right, right. Um. Okay, so validation is all good and fine. But this and, – and I don't know how to present this properly, but I'm going to give it a shot. So this might sound a little ridiculous, mm-hmm. but what if you don't – no or you can't gauge your own happiness i mean we don't know a lot i guess people don't know like how they should feel like what level of happiness is normal like there's no there's no indicator on like the gas tank is full right. so what what like what how happy can you be and what is a normal level of happiness for a day in day out good marriage
0: I think you're right. There's no way to gauge how happy you are, but you can certainly tell if you're unhappy. So first, let me say that it's perfectly normal to have bad days. It's perfectly normal for couples to have bad periods that they go through. But I think concern should come in when it goes on for an extended period of time.
1: Okay so and so when you say an extended period of time are we talking days
0: weeks months okay so on an individual basis now i'm going to put on my psychologist hat okay on an individual basis if you are despondent if you're down consistently not periodically consistently for two weeks straight where you're down you have no energy your sleeping habits And or eating habits may have changed, either more or less, uh, where your concentration is different. We will start to look at you being depressed. Okay. Okay. Um, and though I don't have criteria like that for a marriage, I would say now is
1: when you say um, that's your two weeks is depressed. Is that because that's how long it takes to go through those like five stages? Of grief or something,
0: no, like, no, 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 this has nothing to do with grief,
1: okay, this but I'm, but, is... but i'm I'm just saying like analogous um are there stages of depression that you would go through? No, f- that takes no. two weeks' time, no, okay, no,
0: you know again, people have bad days, but we don't get concerned if it's a couple of days. But like I was working with somebody yesterday, a young gal in her 20s, and she was talking to me about her bad mood. And I started to say to her, how long do you think it's been going on? And it was, you know, a solid two weeks plus. Mm -hmm. And I asked about her eating and her sleeping and, you know, her concentration, et cetera, et cetera. And I said to her, it sounds like, you know, you, you may be having a, a bit of a depression. And she's seeing a psychiatrist and she's on psychotropic drugs, uh, antidepressants. And I said, I think it's time for you to call him and go back and maybe, you know, up the medication a little bit. Um, so uh, that's how we define whether somebody's depressed or not, according to the DSM, the Diagnostic sure. Statistical Manual. We don't have that for couples. But I would say if for several weeks, you're feeling agitated. You're feeling that you're not finding any joy. You're not, um, you know, any any enjoyment, I should say, with your spouse. You're arguing a lot. Um, you're um, just not getting along, whatever. And it's going on for weeks. It's, it's time to have a sit down. It's time to say, okay, you know, what's going on here? Um, and so it's it's easier, unfortunately, to look at the negative and say, you know, it, it's time for us to sort of step back and say we need to um, really look at what's going on with us. Um, as far as the happiness, many times from the literature in positive psychology, um, happiness is very tied into a sense of satisfaction and meaning. Okay. So if you're feeling satisfied, if you feel there's meaning and purpose in your life, both individually and as a couple, then that's pretty much how we define happiness. Okay. Okay. Okay? Yeah,
1: Yeah. no, I, I it, like I said, it was a tough question. I didn't even know how to ask it properly. Um, and when you were talking about it, I, I do love the fact that you kind of know when you're not feeling well yeah. as opposed to when you're feeling really good. Mm-hmm. And – I had the thought in my head about the Supreme's – the Supreme Court's definition of pornography, mm. which is this ambivalent, nebulous type of definition where they basically describe pornography as I know it when I see it. Mm. And that's kind of how I feel about you know the happiness of your le- – level of happiness that you have or the level of dissatisfaction you might have. Uh, it's hard to just say – that you're happy or unhappy, but you'll know it when you feel it. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's, again, a satisfaction, a sense of peacefulness or that everything's going okay. Um, You know, uh, and again, it's hard to say like, um, you know, because reality is especially in today's world. And if you've got a couple of kids, <laughs> you know, it's, it's likely that you're going to feel stressed many times. Sure. Um, but stress doesn't mean that you're not happy. It just means you're stressed. Yeah. Uh, but if by and large, you feel again, that's why I want to put in the terms that you feel satisfied with your life. You feel satisfied with the way you and your spouse are getting along. You feel that there's meaning in your life. Then I would say you're happy.
1: Yeah. I, it's interesting too. I'm like, I'm glad you pointed that out because um, having stresses in your life doesn't necessarily mean that it's related to your marriage at all. Oh no. Right. So you could have, I mean, your, your work life could be hell, Mm -hmm. uh, but you go home and that's your sanctuary and you're actually pumped to be home. Mm -hmm. Um, When talking about satisfaction, I was also thinking about another study about sex and, you know, one of the, Very common questions I hear a lot, uh, which make it a common question, uh, is like how much sex is normal. And there have been studies that talk about the satisfaction of sex in uh, marriage. And when couples report to being sexually satisfied in their marriage, in terms of their level of happiness toward that marriage, sex accounts for like 10 20%.
0: Mm-hmm. But when they're
1: dissatisfied with the yeah. amount of sex that they're having in marriage, it's like eighty percent of the of their discontent. Mm-hmm. So again, it's it's not this: Are you having you know how much is enough happiness? How much is enough sex? It's like if you feel good about it, then it's good. Mm-hmm. And if exactly. it, and if you're not, then you need to address it because it's probably weighing a lot heavier than if things were just going well. Right. Right. Um, okay. So then, the last question I have for you uh, is that. And this is possible and perhaps very likely that one spouse might actually feel satisfied while the other doesn't. Uh, do you have any tips on how you can approach your spouse if you're the one that doesn't feel satisfied to get them to listen and and make changes without being offended or becoming defensive uh, because that will just take you down the wrong path?
0: So the person who's dissatisfied wants the satisfied person to listen? yes. Well, I think we're going to go back to validation. Okay, I think that you've got to approach the person and say, "Look, I know that you know f- for X, Y, and Z reasons things feel good to you, um, but I'm struggling with certain things, and you know we are a partnership or we are a team, and I I'm having some problems, and and my hope is that." we can work together so that, um, we can both be happy. Um, because, you know, um, really one thing, you know, one of us impacts the other. And I would like to be able to join you in both of us being happy.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Um, I guess I'm having trouble with that question, Steve, because, um, the energy that each person has really does impact the other. We know that, and so if one person is really not happy, I have a hard time thinking that that wouldn't be impacting the other partner. Mm. You know, because you're saying it's possible for one person to be happy and the other person is, and I'm thinking to myself, then there's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah. Well, uh, I,
1: I, I mean, I, I guess maybe I'm going through this like throwback scenario in my head where the man is totally oblivious to his uh, yes, wife's but that's, feelings.
0: The, there you go. He's oblivious. He's yes. disconnected.
1: But, but I guess, but he in his own mind is satisfied talking about like validating somebody's feelings. Like he, he feels fine. Like there's nothing he didn't. And, and that might be, I mean, cause he's not even giving a thought that, I think part of the problem with marriage and I keep stopping myself here but I think a, a big part of the marriage is people just don't think about it they get into that comfort zone and it's like yeah we're married we're happy 5 10 15 20 years goes by and they don't they don't think about it anymore it's just there mm-hmm. um and so the, the, and I'm just going to use the, the wife in this situation. The wife might over that time feel less and less satisfied with well, a man's not even giving it a thought. So to him, he is satisfied because it's not mm-hmm. weighing on him in that same mm-hmm. way. And okay. so I guess that's kind of the perspective that I'm taking on this.
0: Okay. So when you present it that way, I do think that that is quite possible and perhaps probable talking, <laughs> because guys tend to think of it, if, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And la-di-da, la-di-da, we go along, we go along. And women very often have a better pulse on the relationship. Um, and many times um, it they try to say something to the guy and he doesn't attempt to do anything until it's really too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and-, and this
1: actually gets to that point. Uh, she attempts to have him address it and this would be his lack of validation of how she's feeling at that point.
0: Yes. Yes. So I think that, um, she's got to approach him at that point and say, look, I know that for you, it feels like everything is okay, but I want you to really hear me. Mm -hmm. I'm not happy. I mean, she's got to be really strong. I'm not happy. And, um, If things continue the way they are, I don't know if I can continue to to live the way we're living. So, so be very strong message. I was going to
1: say, so be that strong though. So not like I'm I'm threatening with divorce, but you you need to make that strong stance. You think?
0: Yes, because when you presented it this way, it falls into a different a situation that does happen to a lot of couples, Mm -hmm. where guys are able to compartmentalize because of their biology, Mm -hmm. think everything's fine. They don't have as much of a pulse on the relationship. And yes, we're speaking stereotypically here. And sometimes it does flip the other way where it's the woman who does know what's going on but will speak stereotypically mm-hmm. and meanwhile she has said to him maybe we should read a book you know maybe we should take a class maybe we should look at this website blah 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 and he doesn't get the hint and he doesn't get the hint and meanwhile she's getting more and more aggravated and he doesn't get it and and finally she gives up and by the way i want to add something in here that mm-hmm. when a woman stops complaining a guy thinks oh thank goodness she stopped complaining that's a very dangerous thing when a woman stops complaining it means she's given up mm. so then what happens is she says that's it i'm done i've had it and now it like it hits him over the head with like a frying pan yeah so that's why i'm saying she has to be that strong and direct and say, I know she can even be validating saying, I know you're busy. I know that, you know, you're a guy and, and you don't see certain things. I'm not blaming you for it, but I am telling you, I am not happy. And unless we do something about it, I don't know if I can continue. So, uh, that,
1: that closing part of that sentiment right there was seemed almost like an ultimatum. Is that, is that a necessary part?
0: Well, it is an ultimatum and it isn't because she's not saying this marriage is going to end. She's mm-hmm. saying, I don't know if I can continue. It's still face saving mm-hmm. because it's maybe. And she's what she's saying is, I don't know if I can continue. Okay, So she's not saying you better do so and so. She's merely saying, I don't know if I can continue. And it's still, as I said, face-saving because she's saying, I don't know. She's not saying, I won't continue.
1: Yeah. So it's not make a change or else I'm gone. Right. There's a right. big difference there. Okay. Right. Okay. No, I think, I think that, yeah, that definitely helps. Um, all right. Well, this, I think if we were to take one point from this conversation, it is to validate your spouse.
0: Yes. Now, generally, you ask me if I have anything else to say.
1: I do. Yes.
0: <laughs> and I have one more thing to say.
1: Go on.
0: Um, in the article,
1: uh-huh. it
0: talked about the negative, you know, how the negativity has more of an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, that when the couples criticized each other, it had more of an impact, and that was causing the ambivalence. And so I want to remind couples that. You can say something positive to your mate, but you would have to say 20 positive things. Some studies say 20, some say five. And then if you said one negative, that negative is going to outweigh all the other positive things you just said. The impact of negativity is very, very strong. Mm -hmm. So at the very least you need to build up your bank account on the positivity <laughs> so that if periodically you lose it and you say something negative you got some you know cushion to fall back on
1: yeah no that is i'm i'm really glad you brought that up because you're right because you might somebody listening to this could think to themselves well i compliment her all the time or i i'm constantly telling him how much i love him uh but then there is the other incident that happens later on in the evening
0: mm-hmm. that
1: just wipes it all out. And I, I, I was thinking when you're telling this stuff about you, you regularly see when like a celebrity will go on one of these like late night talk shows that they'll talk about, you know, they their movie got great reviews, but some person on Twitter said something about them, and right. they cannot shake that like that just that one negative tweet, right? Yes. And that's how this is. It's. Yes, all these people are praising their performance, and this one person said something stupid and ugly to him, and that is the one that just sticks with them. Yeah, and I think that's kind of, it just kind of applies here in the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, that is good. I'm glad you brought up the one more thing there, Karen.
0: And now I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well, it it was a pleasure as always uh, going over this info. So thank you so much for your time, Karen. Thank you, Steve. I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, Make It Last. She has a uh, show she does on Wednesdays on the text uh, – The Sex Talk Radio Network, it is called Take Five to Empower Your Relationship. And in five minutes, Karen will present a relationship issue, tell you what's behind it, and solve it. Uh, She also has the program Pillars for Partnership on her website, drkarensherman.com, which is a set of audio and video tools produced by Karen. Of course, we have a link to her website at hitchmag.com. You can also find all the back archives of the podcast there and tons, thousands, with the T, T, thousands. Not that there would be a different kind of word for thousands, but thousands of articles on marriage and relationship issues on our website, all for free. So check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and uh, yeah, and sign up for your newsletter, sign up for the newsletter because um, this podcast is going to come out. A couple weeks after, I actually mentioned and linked to this study that we're talking about today that went out in the newsletter. So if you want this information uh, sooner, the newsletter is the best way to go about it. And you get a weekly dose of marriage info in your inbox. You can take and leave what you want. It's the best way to get hitched, I think. So that is going to do it for us this week. One last time. Thank you so much, Karen.
0: You're very welcome, and thank you, Steve.
1: All right. That is going to do it for us. Take care, everybody. We're all top of the world.